0: to the fourth episode of Tudoriferous, the fortnightly biographical podcast that examines the lives in the Tudor era.
1: And today, John de la Pole, second Duke of Suffolk.
0: Yes. I fell in love with the way you introduced Jasper. So I, I'm not as creative <laughs> as you, but I am going to try to set the scene rather than just diving in.
1: Ah, yes, I was writing my thing for... Um... Edward today, and I was thinking, okay, it's got to start with, come with me if you will. <laughs> I loved it. I'm glad I thought of doing a come with me if we will, right at the beginning, rather than deciding it on episode six, 15 or something and thinking, oh, no, yeah, wish I'd done that all along."
0: So come with me if well, you well, will.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your horses. I think you've forgotten <laughs> something. <laughs> Why did I forget? I oh, you don't wriggle out of it that easily.
0: Oh, the... It's Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jasper.
1: Yes, how much do you remember from uh, from that episode?
0: Quiz. Oh, it's been a while and it's been a very very busy two weeks, yes, so I will I do my best. Has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm still running a bit of a high temperature yeah. from the second vaccine, <laughs> but we'll see what I can do here. <laughs>
1: Well, now you set up your excuses. You give it a guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from the Jasper episode, I've, mm-hmm. I was thinking about Jasper. Actually, I've got a horrible feeling he's going to be our Edgar the peaceable, isn't he? He's going to peaceable. I was like, I
0: said no, but he did so much. We just don't know enough.
1: Yes, I know. I've got a nasty feeling we're going to be lynched. But anyway, anyway, Jasper Tudor. Actually, very few of these questions actually pertain to Jasper. So it just shows we were probably right. Oh no. <laughs> I couldn't find enough questions actually to do with Jasper. In March 1458, Henry VI was keen to reconcile the Yorkists and the Lancastrians. So what event did he organise? Wasn't that the Day of Love? That's right. The Day of Love. Yes, or Love Day. Brilliant. Well done. Love Day. (laughs) What did Owen Tudor say as he lay his head on the block prior to execution? Oh, ah. And I'll accept a paraphrase because I did come across several versions of this.
0: I'm going to have to paraphrase. This head that once laid in the lap of a queen is now laying on the block.
1: F- yeah, something pretty similar much. To yeah, that. this head which used to lie in Queen Catherine's lap would now lie in the executioner's bla- basket. So, yep, yeah, accept that. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what does is it you test your Welsh now? What does u mab darogan mean? They were waiting I think
0: for that them. It's like the return of the king. Uh, mm, pretty
1: close. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. I know it has to do with them, somebody returning to take
1: yeah, that's, England. Yeah, that's who they're waiting for. It's Sons of Prophecy. Right. Number four. What did Louis XI demand as collateral for his loan to Margaret of Anjou?
0: It was the last lands that england had in
1: france which was calais calais oh yep. i'm good <laughs> <laughs> i was None. really worried about this quiz you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's scary isn't it it is um, and number five jasper's illegitimate daughters were related to two big players later in the tudor era who were they
0: i have no idea i'm drawing a complete blank for that
1: one Ah, well, one of their offspring married the sister of Thomas Cromwell. Oh. And the other one's uh, grandson, I think it must be, was Stephen Gardiner.
0: Right. Oh my gosh, I completely (laughs) forgot about the daughters. (laughs)
1: Sorry. Well, so did he. He didn't include them in his will.
0: (laughs) How vicious was that? But not everybody did do the illegitimate children, I don't know. But three out of five
1: yeah very good very <laughs> good considering, considering you've had us, considering more to, sp- to think about than uh, jasper's illegitimate children it's a passing grade yeah, that's very good i thought they were quite quite difficult questions
0: okay so shall we start now that i am disappointed in my grade
1: <laughs> uh yes please go ahead <laughs>
0: So again, come with me, if you will. Mm -hmm. It is 1442. We've got Henry VI on the throne, but he's already shown to be a weak king. The war with France continues, and an attempt to retain control of Gascony is failing. The Duke of Gloucester, how do you pronounce that? Do you say Gloucester? Gloucester. Gloucester, thank you. The Duke of Gloucester. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Because over here, the C-E-S is always ch-ch.
1: Sounds so, Worcester and... Oh, right. No, we swallow it. We say Gloucester, Worcester. We ignore most of the letters.
0: (laughs) Okay. The Duke of Gloucester is being pushed out with his wife being convicted of witchcraft. Oh, yeah. The Duke of Suffolk, William de la Pole, is in ascension, becoming one of Henry's favourites and his chief advisor. Amidst all this, September 27th, 1442, John de la Pole is born to the Duke of Suffolk. And Alice, the granddaughter of Geoffrey
1: Chaucer. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Geoffrey. <laughs> That's a lovely link back, isn't it? It to, really uh, is. What you think of as a completely different time.
0: Especially since we don't have any evidence of what happened to Chaucer. He just disappears. We don't know when he died, mm. how he died, where he died, nothing. But at least we know that he has granddaughters.
1: Mm. He's probably got a world's best grandpas. <laughs> Temple, um, <mug. laughs> it's a tapestry, right?
0: <laughs> Three years later, the Duke would arrange a marriage for the king with a French lady named Margaret of Anjou and begin his downfall. Mm. Possibly aware of the future danger, he arranges a marriage for his son, John, when he was four, to Margaret Beaufort, the Duke's ward.
1: Ah, it's all it's all slotting into place, isn't
0: it? Mhm. <laughs> An act to ensure her wealth wouldn't leave the family. But Margaret and John were related. They were grandchildren of the sisters or half-sisters. There's a bit of debate on this. Hmm. Catherine Swinford for Margaret. And Philippa Rowett for John.
1: Mind you, this time isn't everybody related?
0: It seems to be. (laughs) And if you aren't related by True Blood, you're related by some illegitimate link. Hmm. They were first cousins, and a papal dispensation was sought and granted.
1: It always is granted. I mean, is there a papal dispensation ever not being granted until we got to Pen with the Eighth, when obviously obviously it wasn't granted? I'm not sure. Apparently that I was for divorce, find... not marriage.
0: Yeah, but I did find some of these were negotiated, and until the income that they were willing to donate to the church was increased, a grant was not made.
1: What, you mean it's financial? Yes, you could buy What's them. It's more financial? What? <sighs> Yeah. You wouldn't think that of the Popes, would you?
0: No, well, no. possibly.
1: <laughs>
0: I believe we're coming up to the time of the Borgias being a Pope. And then definitely yeah, money. Yeah,
1: no, I was looking at um, John Ju- Julius Norwich's book, The Popes, and the Popes in our little section here come under the, under the heading of The Monsters.
2: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought, yes, this sounds good. <laughs>
0: I'm hoping, I'm hoping we'll be able to arrange Brie and Fry from Pontifex to come on and speak to us when we do the Borgia Pope. Mm. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Soon after the marriage between John and Margaret was celebrated, John's father was arrested and attainted for treason. (laughs) Poor four-year-old John. The charges seem spurious, as the claim was that the marriage that he arranged to Margaret and John was arranged to provide William a route to the throne. They're basically saying that the Duke of Suffolk only arranged this marriage between his ward and his son so that he could take over the throne under a minority. Via Margaret? Yes.
1: Mm, like Henry did, in effect. <laughs> exactly.
0: The treason charges were more than likely due to what appeared as bad advice the Duke was giving to Henry, and how much influence he had on Henry VI. Henry was very fond of William, and though he wasn't able to remove the treason charges, he was able to reduce this death sentence to banishment. Well, that's something. Unfortunately for the Duke, he had aroused so much anger and hate, and I mean loathing, <laughs> That he was intercepted during his flight and was executed on a ship called the Nicholas of the Tower. They didn't even bring him back to do a proper execution. His oh, head
1: was hacked off okay. by several sword blows. Right. And now I have heard about because I was been trying to place this bloke because I didn't know a thing about him. I thought, oh, this would be good. I don't know anything about this man at all. But yes, I realized mm. I knew somebody had, had been executed on board ship.
0: We aren't going to cover him because, of course, he dies many, many years before Henry. <laughs> arrived. But if you want to know more Mm. about him, you're going to have to go through the Wars of the Roses. He was a very active player. Mm. And I had to go back to a bunch of that to find out why future things happened. This was an interesting research. There was no book on John de la Pole, the second Duke of Suffolk. There were one or two research papers. And then I had Mm. to go back through a bunch of different outside sources where they might have mentioned him but it really helped putting all this together an interesting thing about this is that the nicholas of the tower the ship was most likely a royal ship Mm. but the death was most certainly not on the orders of henry vi or his queen margaret of anjou people went rogue against the weak king to take him out john's marriage to margaret beaufort was then annulled in february of 1453 in order to give her hand to the tudors which we've already discussed in her episode John was now 11, with no father, no bride, not much prospect for his future, and impoverished. The only thing he did have
1: was a... Detain- it is actually impoverished or, or relatively impoverished as rich people?
0: <laughs> At this point, it is a bit debated. While we know that his father was untainted, that usually removes any and all of his lands. Mm. They were now living off of his mother's dower but we don't know how much that is. right? But he did have his mother and his mother was an incredibly determined, intelligent and politically calculating person. (laughs) John might've been the second Duke of Suffolk at this time, but with the attainder, it is probable that he did not immediately gain the title, even though he does have it later. We're gonna have to unpick that a bit, but we'll do that later. We don't have much information on John's early life. We know that in 1457, John was not quite 15 when he was called with Sir John Lovell, another person that we're going to be discussing, and a posse to deal with persons guilty of congregations and unlawful
1: gatherings. Oh, yes. (laughs) Basically, riots. Yeah. So have they got anyone specific in mind? Because often when these sort of laws are passed, it's because they want to get it up at a specific group.
0: Well, this appears to be land title arguments. Oh, right. People were taking sides and it just got out of hand and he was pulled in to do that. It isn't unusual for his status if he is the second Duke of Suffolk at this point in time. But it also Mm. isn't unusual for the status of a knight, which is why we see Sir John Lovell included in that posse. But I found it interesting that it was a posse that was brought up and that's what they titled it. Oh, right, yes. Mm -hmm. I thought, for some reason in my head, a posse didn't show up until the Wild West in the U.S.
1: That's what you associate it with, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but no, it it was in England, and that's 1457, so it was a well-known term for the exact same thing. Mm. By 1458, John was married to Elizabeth, the daughter of the Duke of York and sister to the currently unknown future King Edward IV. (laughs) I actually found this marriage astonishing. The Duke of York was one of Suffolk's most bitter enemies and rival in power. And it is possible that the death of John's father was arranged by the Duke of York. And yet he just married one of his daughters. Hmm. Hmm. It appears that his mother was the one to arrange this marriage.
1: So maybe she was out of the feud and she wasn't considered part of it.
0: Possibly. She might not have been fond of her husband or disapproved of him, or she just saw that the Yorkists were in ascension. So let's put my son where he will be safe or have a say or be able to get his lands back. I don't know, but that seems awfully cold and calculating to marry him off to the daughter of the person who probably killed your husband. There's a lot
1: of cold and calculating though, isn't there? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. There's so much, I mean, that's why we love them really, isn't it? The Tudors, there's so much that they do that you think, that's not on, surely? That's, yeah. That's just I also a
2: different
0: mode, how... <clears throat> different mode of thinking.
1: Completely different mode of thinking.
0: And I don't know how they managed to arrange this, because at this time, he was impoverished. He had nothing he could bring to this marriage. Hmm. And York was a major player at this time. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got no reason whatsoever why this marriage would have been arranged.
1: Hmm. No clue. There's something very important in there that hasn't come through history, isn't there?
0: Yeah. As there often is. Were York and his mother close? I don't know. But I can't think of any other reason she would have convinced him to do this marriage. At this time, we do need to keep in mind, though, that York was very much on the wrong side of the monarchy. The ridiculous <laughs> love day that Lucy told us about earlier today and in the Jasper episode was a failed attempt
1: to reconcile yeah, the world. It was factions. doomed from the start, really, wasn't it? I think anybody apart from, so uh, from Henry could have told him that this, <laughs> this was not going to work. Yeah.
0: No, it never has, it never (laughs) will. Marrying York's daughter, if you want to stay on the king's good side, well, actually, more importantly, the queen's good side. This was not a good choice.
1: Well, (laughs) this isn't news. (laughs) This isn't breaking news.
0: No, I would assume by what we have as related to us in minor little sources... That this was a success for marriage between John and Elizabeth. They would go on to have 11 children.
1: Well, they must have liked each other a bit, I suppose. I suppose. Or she yeah. gritted her teeth quite a lot.
0: Yeah. Nine of those children would survive childhood. So still, you know, you've got so many children that passed away. But nine, mm. is, nine is quite a good number of children to make it through. That'll keep you busy. During their marriage, though, York would die and his son Edward, John's brother-in-law, would take the crown and become the first Yorkist king. Before that happened, in 1460, we know that John was appointed by Henry VI to the Commissions of Peace, Oyer and Terminer in Norfolk and Suffolk.
1: Yeah, I've heard this phrase, but I'm not entirely sure what what it means.
0: I had to look it up Mm. and then look up what the reference meant. (laughs) It's a commission authorizing a person as an English judge specifically as a high court judge on a circuit to go from town to town or major areas of population to hear and determine the assizes and all indicted cases of treason, felony, misdemeanor committed in whatever county they're in. As much as I thought... This was evidence that he was favoured by Henry. It wasn't. His title demanded that he had some sort of role. And he was only granted these roles in areas where he already had control of lands. So most likely it was granted because he was a person on hand in this area rather than being favoured by Henry VI.
1: Oh, right. So was he, he would have some knowledge of local affairs, I suppose, wouldn't he? Yes. You still get circuit judges, don't you? It, um, presumably it's left over from... From this idea, mm-hmm.
0: it would also be cheaper for Henry to send somebody who lived there than to pay for somebody to right. travel to a different area. And we know that at this point, the monarchy was rather bankrupt. It often was, wasn't it? Yes.
1: Mind you, I suppose you've got the problem then that a local person is far more likely to be partisan and biased, aren't they, than uh, someone who just comes in and says, right, tell, tell me all the facts and I'll sort it.
0: Yeah, we'll discover later but, that John was definitely not unbiased in his own areas. Right. Edward IV took the throne the next year, and though without military aid from John, even though he's his brother-in-law, he did not partake in the violence. Perhaps he was a pacifist. There are a couple of reasons that have been put forward. One is that because John was attempting to remain neutral, because at this point Henry was not actually going to be executed, so he mm. was trying to stay as neutral as possible, it could also be due to a lack of funds. we know that he was considered impoverished for his status and couldn't afford men at arms so the wife he... didn't
1: stump up then <laughs>
0: no, the wife doesn't appear to have much money either. That's
1: another reason why I was wondering why the marriage happened. Is she the youngest daughter? Is she the one that you know that sort of everything had run out by the time it got to her?
0: I was unable to find that information because mm. girls' birth dates weren't written down. We no, don't actually weren't. know the order of the girls. We know the order of the boys. Oh, yeah. But we don't know when the girls were done. It might be out there somewhere, but it wasn't in any of the research materials that I looked at. We do know that John didn't have enough funds to array himself with servants and finery required by a position in society. Some of the letters we have from him to the court show that he will not be attending due to this reason. Oh
1: dear, because I have no clothes to put on.
0: And no servants to attend me. Or not enough. And it would have been a humiliation
1: for him to a lot. arrive without. You would assume that they should bring a lot, really. Yes, you? I mean, it's especially a duke. People didn't travel alone, did they? They travelled in huge retinues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was
0: it was massive. I mean, when you think that the queen moved with over two hundred and fifty servants, mm. and a duke was the next level down. I don't actually have any numbers that we, that might be something we could try to find out, is how many numbers of servants a duke was expected to bring with him somewhere. Because it's got to be written
1: down somewhere. Mm. I was thinking of King Lear, because when he turns up, he's got, was it, 500 knights with him, and his daughters say, yeah, you can come, but leave them outside. (laughs) We can't afford them. (laughs) So, yes, people did travel with a lot of other people, didn't they? Yes, they did. For safety, I suppose, as much as anything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I should imagine the roads were pretty dangerous. Who's to know what happens to people on the road?
0: Well, the fact that they needed to arrange a posse for a riot also doesn't say that it's it's a very quiet time. Mm. Once Edward was on the throne, John seems to have been only slightly favoured, even though he was married to Edward's sister. Here is where we find an indication that John's title, the Second Duke of Suffolk, was not immediately awarded to him. Edward re-established and or confirmed John's title through letters patent in 1463. If John had not lost the title of his father, why would he have to have it
1: confirmed? Yes.
0: And Henry didn't do that for him. You, you
1: Wouldn't wouldn't you expect that if someone's attainted? Because um, just thinking about um, Edward Plantagenet, he lost his Duke of Clarence
0: hmm But then Title. would it be reestablished or confirmed, or would it just be... like He didn't do it for everybody mm. that was attainted, but he specifically did it for John in a letter patent.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a sign of favour that, you know, you do get it back. I mean, he doesn't have to, presumably.
0: Possibly, but again, I could not find that John was getting favour. I could find that his oh. wife was getting favour as oh, the right. sister of the king, but I didn't see anything that specified that John was somebody held in high regard he may have had some favor but he didn't create enough favor to grant him any extraordinary positions or gifts from edward all of the positions he was granted were held in areas of england where he owned lands himself no positions were granted outside of any areas where he had an interest his eldest son another john de la pole
1: he was created the earl of lincoln (laughs) why do they all call them the same name
0: i know it (laughs) made this so confusing in a
1: few parts (laughs) Well, that's why I thought we were doing the other one completely, it, um, that we're going to do again. We're going to do another John de la Pole at some point, aren't we?
0: Yes, but, but it he's going to be, be too exciting.
1: It
0: <laughs> <laughs> He will be much more exciting than this one. The younger, his son, John de la Pole, was created the Earl of Lincoln in independence from his father's title in 1467, which means when his father passed away, he would get both titles. Mm. So he was created the first Earl of Lincoln. Again, this doesn't seem to be an indication of his father's favour, but either
1: his wife or his son's favour. Hmm. Perhaps he was just a really awful person and just nobody... He might say, have well, been. Should we give it to John DeLuffin? Oh, no, he's, he's horrible. He is, or he boring. was
0: very boring. There are so many reasons <laughs> we can oh. say that he didn't get involved. It could be sort of a smack on the wrist for not getting involved and helping in the
1: takeover of the throne. Well, that, yeah, I would have thought that would be quite a big one, wouldn't it? Because... <laughs> we needed you and you weren't here.
0: Yeah, you didn't arrive. You didn't even oh. bring just yourself. Yeah. John seems to have been active in the lands that he owned and was lord over. He tried cases, heard pleas, and local land questions. There are quite a number of notes of him actively supporting his people against people from outside of his area. One of the more interesting sources of information for John
1: is the Paston letters. Have you read yeah. them? I haven't read. I've got them. I bought them recently and uh, I haven't read them yet. I mean, I oh. put that on the list with the, uh, the Malleus Maleficarum list. <laughs> All these things them. I keep buying, thinking, well, yeah, when I finish doing this this character, I'll, I'll have a little read of that.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you have to read them. I've got mine in volumes. So I was able to pull out the area that I was looking at for this specific one. But they are an amazing resource. Yeah,
1: I know. I've just got the little penguin.
0: Mm. They plot a bit and they do take some deciphering. The worst part was the fact that they use titles in their references. So you have to have sort of a reference book off to the side saying who's got what title at what time oh. to know who they're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> but they gave us so much detail about life during this period and they span decades and decades. Okay, yeah. yeah the letters are getting me off track. Okay. <laughs> I had to really consider what the and said about John and his mother. They were not friends. They were on opposite sides of several disputes, and you could call them enemies as they actively attempted to take each other down. Oh, yeah. Margaret Paston asserts in her letters that John was unpopular, and she was being delicate. Hmm. There also exists other evidence that John was most definitely unpopular. He was willing to use violence to obtain his goals, even if they were not his right. Hmm. At the same time, the mentions of his mother's influence in those and letters made me feel it was impossible to determine really which were his actions and which were hers. She was mentioned almost in the same sentence. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, does that mean that she's the good guy or is that they're just as bad as each other? Yeah,
0: her dominance over John can be seen in everything. One specific one that I found the most interesting was decisions of a wardship. So a wardship was always granted to a man. Remember we talked about how Margaret right. was the first woman that really got given wardships. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. But all of the questions of wardships in his domain were actually decided by his mother, and we have letters of her issuing those orders. I don't know why people think that medieval
1: women Had were no passive hope. in any way. They don't seem to be. Absolutely not. When you look at when you look at Margaret Beaufort, Margaret, Margaret of Anjou, this nice lady here,
0: <laughs> the Dowager Duchess yeah. of Warwick. Mm. Just... And Margaret Paston was also quite a strong character, and she comes through so well in those letters. Ah. Just how she handled everything, even ordering arms
1: you... or her I manner. Mean, they had to be, because they didn't have any outlet, official outlet, so they just had to do it by force of personality.
0: And if their husbands were off to yeah. war, they were the only ones around to manage and everything. And there
1: was a lot of war about for them to go to.
0: Speaking of war, John doesn't have tales of war and victory with him. I've got nothing. (laughs) We know only that he fought for Edward IV against the Lancastrians and the Scots when Margaret of Anjou made a pact with the Scottish Queen and brought people down. Was
1: that up in um, Northumbria? Is that the time when Jasper broke into the Bamburgh Castle?
0: Yeah, exact same time. But this doesn't say anything about his loyalty to Edward. You would think it would, but it doesn't. Because the Scots were so hated at this time, there seemed to be a number of wealthy and noblemen that were attempting to remain neutral in the Lancastrian and the Yorkist war that fought in this battle. They weren't fighting for the Yorks, and they weren't fighting against the Lancastrians. They were specifically fighting against the Scots.
1: And yet that's the people that uh, Margaret of Anjou decided to side with and bring in mm-hmm. to get in to get how many some Henry's of the back. letters
0: that i managed to find it backfired for her it involved more people because she brought in the scots
1: yeah well i know i remember edward t- um, took up was it 39 peers and that's the largest number that in a, in a late medieval battle now maybe yeah. that was the reason that they were all going off to fight the scots
0: It seems to be. Anybody who had even an interest in land up in that area, or they had a friend of a friend (laughs) that they were pacted with to do a land defence, more people got involved just because the Scots were coming down. No offence to the (laughs) Scots.
1: Lovely people.
0: I'd love to come over there. One day. Ah, Scotland is Gorgeous.
1: Not all of I'm it, obviously. To visit everywhere. <laughs> uh, I'd give I'd in give 14... Bridgewater a miss, but other than that, yes, most most parts of England are quite nice. <laughs>
0: when I come over you can arrange the tour of where I should go. Okay. Home. All right.
1: Montacute House is we'll the first together. one. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> in fourteen seventy two, John was admitted to the Order of Garter. Order of the Garter. Oh, well that's
1: very prestigious. But we know that there's only a certain number of people allowed in that. And you
0: would think it would pre- be prestigious, ah. but there's no mention of his deeds that made
1: him a choice. Did he, pay, did he buy his way in? anybody else. No, he'd gone about his way and he hadn't got any money. He hadn't gotten oh, money. What, what favours was he doing then? That exactly. <laughs> he was a very Again, pretty boy, I, think I don't know.
0: <laughs> they all seem to be more for the reason that he was married to Edward IV's sister. Right. Since he did nothing, he didn't join many battlefields. We don't see him providing money. We don't see him providing even a personality that pushed forwards. Edwards uh, wants, desires. What do you call that? Uh, His goals. It didn't, he didn't put forth or push for Edwards goals. It has to be because of his wife. And I really started thinking about that when we start talking about the annuity that was issued to Elizabeth from her brother, The annuity was of 100 marks a year. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But it was only granted to John during the lifetime of his wife. When she died, the annuity died with her and reverted back to the crown.
1: So it's it's, her money. It's like um, child benefit. It goes to the money. It goes to the woman.
0: Yep. And does not stay with him. If he was favoured, it yeah. in other annuities that were granted, it was granted for the lifetime
1: of the husband. It just shows it has nothing to do with him, doesn't it? Yeah. It's all her, isn't it?
0: It really mm. came across that way. In 1478, he was appointed the Lieutenant of Ireland. This sounded fantastic. I was like, oh my gosh, he actually got... a position of authority until...
1: Yeah, I think Jesper did, but he never actually went over there, I no. <laughs> So maybe they're in the same position. But they didn't.
0: <laughs> he did not get the Lord
1: Lieutenant of
0: Ireland. Oh, right. Okay. At, at first, I thought that was just a minor error in the way that somebody wrote it. But it's uh-huh. mentioned in a couple of other areas that somebody else was the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland at that time. So he was actually a subordinate role to the Lord Lieutenant. So we can't even say he was granted any authority.
1: Oh, right. I don't I can't remember which one Jasper was. But he wasn't uh, he was top dog either. He was the Lord Lieutenant. I remember that one.
0: Yeah. In this case, he wouldn't even be reporting back to King Edward. He'd be reporting to the Lord Lieutenant.
1: And then, Do the we Lord know who Lieutenant. that was? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. I <laughs> probably don't. won't have heard of him anyway. <laughs>
0: There are so many and they get swapped back and forth. I, yeah. I got so focused on the fact that he didn't get the Lord Lieutenant of oh. Ireland that that's where I got stuck with. Granted, oh. I could be wrong, but I did not see him being referred to anywhere
1: as the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland. Hmm. I wonder if that actually would be classed as a snub. Possibly. You get, you get to be Lieutenant. I'm going to say Lieutenant because we do. <laughs> Lieutenant <laughs> of Ireland. Um, and he's like, hey, yeah, but you're not the top one. Yeah. Well, you're, the, you're, the, you're the second one. Yeah. Or again, was it he had no interest? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe he didn't want to go. Maybe, maybe the Lord Lieutenant, oh, I was going to say, maybe the Lord Lieutenant actually had to go there and the other one didn't, but we know that Jasper didn't. Jasper so. didn't. No.
0: <laughs> again, mm. it could have been down to the fact that he could not supply the military force because at that time the Lord Lieutenant did have to supply the military force.
1: There was an awful lot of that, wasn't there, that people had to, you know, you'd, you'd assume that you just went and did your job, but effectively you have to pay to do your job, don't yes. you? I mean, it's, you don't get paid for it, you pay to do it.
0: And then hoped for favours that would recount
1: that money, or recoup that yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, unless you fall out with the, uh, the monarchy, or something happens, and you slip down the slippery pole. bowl. Mm-hmm. Which,
0: mm. And then nobody notices you anymore and you get
1: nothing Mm. it was definitely dog eat dog wasn't it very much so
0: throughout edward's reign john does make regular appearance at court for official functions but he isn't there as often as other nobles and for a duke and the brother-in-law of the king he did not make enough appearances at court i think again this is down to his impoverishment we don't Mm have much evidence that the lands that his father was attainted were returned to him.
1: Right, well that would be the, the main thing wouldn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Without lands you have guess, no income.
1: Yeah, I suppose he's in a vicious circle as well because if you don't go to court you don't get noticed, you don't get favours or money yeah. or annuities yeah. But if you can't afford to go you can't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do
0: know he wasn't at court when Edward died, but he was there when Richard III took the throne and at the coronation of Richard he was even awarded the honor of carrying the scepter but again yeah. to me it felt more like these honors were due to his wife richard's <laughs> now richard's sister not him the lack of particular favorite it oh, yeah. is evident with richard in john's removal as the constable of wallingford hmm he was is
1: that a big thing I mean, Wallingford's not a huge place these days. I don't know.
0: No, but it was an authority nice that was granted to him that was now removed and not replaced with anything else. Mm. So he wasn't moved; he was just removed, which right. tells me that either he wasn't doing a good enough job, or Richard had other people that
1: were doing more. Yeah, for I'm sure him. Richard probably had his own group of people that he was, you know, promised jobs to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Very much so, especially when he had to curry so much favour after taking out some of his own supporters. John was appointed the steward of Oxford University around the early 1480s. But I can't say more than that, since his duties and efforts were not recorded anywhere I could find them. Right.
1: So that doesn't imply that he was more academic than Marshall. It's, it's just yet another job.
0: And it was awarded to him. Hmm. It doesn't look like he requested it in any correspondence. In Richard's reign, it becomes more evident that favor from the crown was passed right by John and instead fell entirely on his son. So his son is now the Earl of Lincoln. Mm-hmm. The Earl carried the cross with the ball in the coronation in front of his father. Okay. And after Richard's own son passed away, the Earl of Lincoln was made heir to the throne.
1: Wow. <laughs> so i've been looking at uh edward plantagenet yeah and some people claim that he was made heir to the throne mind you the people who claim that i'm not so sure <laughs> but there's an awful lot of possible oh, could have been possibly was i you know not beyond the realms of possibility but there's no hard facts to that so i personally i would think that de would be more likely than than yeah. Edward.
0: Either way, Richard is choosing a family member. Your Earl of Warwick is going to be the son of his brother, and this yep. Earl of Lincoln is the son of his sister. Yep. So, 50-50, yeah. So 50 50, whichever way He's, he he's not wanted. got a son
1: anymore, and he's not got a wife anymore. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, he had to do what he could, really, didn't he?
0: It could also have been the age. Edward would have been quite young at
1: this time, whereas oh, John was... would have been older. Eightish, I think, eight, yeah. something like that. So, yeah, I mean, John makes a lot more sense than it was. Now, I, when I read that, I thought, nah, yeah. well, possibly. <laughs> yeah,
0: the Battle of Bosworth. I found... Oh, yes, I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's a good start. The Battle of Bosworth was very confusing. Because they're both called John de la Pole,
2: and in ah, this yeah.
0: case, I found... Evidence of one fighting or the other fighting or both. And I think it all comes down to the fact that in those references, instead of referencing their titles, they reference their name.
1: Were they fighting on the same side?
0: Well, they're both, all accounts would be them fighting on behalf of Richard III. Hmm. But I can't pin down our John de la Pole, the second Duke of Suffolk, actually being the one fighting. It all came back to me to look like it was actually his son doing the fighting. That the Duke of Suffolk just didn't exist in that battle. Um,
1: how old was he at this point? Ah, 1485
0: and he was born 1442?
1: Oh, sure right. his... So I mean, he's, he's getting on in Tudor terms, I suppose. Yeah, he's in he? his 40s. Oh, which is obviously uh, you know, a wee band for, for us, but, uh... but for
0: them, he's <laughs> in middle age. Mm. Well, I guess technically we are in Middle Ages.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little beyond that, but there we go.
0: <laughs> One thing that made me think that he himself didn't actually fight was he had the favor of Henry the after the battle.
1: Did that? I mean, Henry the Seventh did forgive an awful lot of people, and they weren't. I mean, some of them did fight. I mean, someone like well, I was going to say someone like the Earl of Northumberland, but he didn't fight, did he? He just he just stood.
0: <laughs> yeah, He stood
1: and waited for it to go over and be over And then he went home
0: But at the same time, I did notice that For people who fought on the Battle of Bosworth They had to do a show of loyalty and mm. an oath And basically plead to keep their titles and their land and their life Yeah, yeah they did. And some were kept in the Tower for quite a while After the Battle of Bosworth He spent no time in the Tower And he was mm.
1: immediately taken in with I'm him. trying to remember, there was a quote... That said that... Oh, who was it? It's, I shouldn't keep this in because I can't remember who it was. and <laughs> I probably mangled the quote. But it was um, to, to the effect that if they go into the Tower for a while, then they will show themselves to be good Tudors. <laughs> mm. Not that they were given any choice. But I suppose once they come out, they've got no choice. Again, have yeah. they? they've got to toe the line. Otherwise, they'll be straight back in again.
0: Yeah. And there won't be forgiveness the second time. No. After the Battle of Bosworth and Richard died, John again switched his allegiance and supported Henry VII immediately.
1: Well, a lot of people did, I think, didn't they? I mean, once, I suppose once the other kings died. But they could have switched their allegiance to whichever heir... Richard had decided either,
0: John de la Pole.
1: Yeah, actually, come to think of it, yes. I mean, you're talking about his son, aren't we? (laughs) Yes. He should have switched his allegiance to his son. Yes, but
0: he didn't. He immediately went to Henry. And he was even summoned to Henry's first parliament to play an active role. He was appointed a trier in later parliaments as well. And that's a position that examines the character and qualifications, and at this time, the loyalty of the ministers in parliament, Mm. which is more authority than he had with his own brother-in-laws.
1: I wonder what he's done. I feel there's some, there's a little bit missing, isn't there, that, that he has made some arrangements, some pact, some, he's, he's done or said something, hasn't he, that's...
0: Well, I was thinking it was either that, or Henry was trying to reunite the Yorkists and the Lancastrians, and technically, because John is married to Elizabeth, the Yorkist mm. sister, that Maybe because he is so, I hate to say it, but useless, he was a safe person to entrust to it from the Yorkist party.
1: I mean, he'd be really chuffed, wouldn't he? He's got nothing so yeah. far. Oh my god, I mean, rushing do this? home to say, Guess what? Guess yeah. what? <laughs> or do you think also because his son has got a claim to the throne, that Henry thought, I'm going to try and neutralize the father? Possibly. Yeah, ingratiate myself with the father, and therefore the son won't rise up against me. Possibly.
0: If if I've got the father yeah. on side, or maybe he thought the father, John, might have more influence on his son to keep him in line. Or maybe he just got them
1: muddled up like we have.
0: <laughs> Probably. After that, that's all we've pretty much got. John died the summer of 1492 before his 50th birthday. No. Yeah. So not a lot on mm-hmm. him. But let's move on to the factors. Okay,
2: and Fibberly.
0: Again, for people who may be new, this is intrigue. He doesn't sound like a, a great intriguer, or well, if, if he
1: is, he's not very good at it.
0: He supported the Yorkists against the rightful King Henry the Sixth. Maybe hmm. that's it. That's it. That seems to be the only time that he went against the ruling party or anyone else, for that matter. Yeah. Even then, he attended only one battle between the Yorkist and the Lancastrian forces that we are aware of. He did attend other battles, but they were not between the dueling It wasn't a big
1: battle as well, because I seem to remember that uh, Margaret and Henry VI disappeared straight back up to Scotland, taking all their Scottish troops with them before anything really kicked off. And I mm-hmm. think Jasper was left behind thinking, oh, well, I'm all, psych- I'm all psyched up now. I know. I'll just break into this castle <laughs> for no Take reason. Um I can. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was straight over to Henry the VII, wasn't he? I mean, there was no... No. Nope. Like, uh, was there any yeah. intrigue?
0: His marriage...
1: Is that it intrigue? really only that ended up f-
0: being really advantageous after Edward had won the crown, but he couldn't have known that at the time that the marriage was negotiated. Mm. But we can't even say that the marriage was of his own making since it seems like his mother arranged the marriage. Mm. So was that his intrigue? We don't know how much input he had.
1: She might have been very intriguing, but I'm not getting much from him.
0: No. He obtained a place at the court of Edward Fourth and offices at various locations, but he was nice. never given authority over important matters and only minor
1: appointments. Mm. I mean, if you're going to intrigue, you'd intrigue for something bigger, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd try to improve your lot. <laughs> you wouldn't intrigue down.
0: No. <laughs> we could include that somehow he managed to maintain his status and most
1: of his office through each change of government. Well, that's no—that's no bad thing in itself. I mean, I mean, plenty of people didn't. But then again, is that intriguing or is that just going with the flow?
0: Yeah. Or could it just be that because he was had such a lack of ambition, each monarch felt safe leaving him with that position because he didn't have to negotiate for something else.
1: If he had no money and no, you know, he wasn't a big player. Mm -mm. Why take any interest in him?
0: I have no idea. I got nothing. That's Mm. it. What do you want to give him? Mm.
1: I don't think I can give him anything, really. Can on, any... Unless you can think of anything. I'm... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think he intrigued at all. Quite the opposite. He just went with it, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So? Sorry,
0: that's a zero from me. That's a zero for me, too.
1: <laughs> I don't think we're too... Um, we're, not, we're not enough sort of cut and thrust, are we, to enjoy giving people zeros.
0: No, I actually don't like giving (laughs) zeros. I feel like we're, since we're missing things, there might've been something else, but we can only, we can only judge on what we've got. Yeah.
2: Uh, A peristasis.
0: Well, he lost his right to his titles and lands at age nine, but there's no mention of it actually being taken. In normal circumstances, the death of a father would automatically give the title they held to the eldest son, But because of the attainder that William was under, John couldn't inherit the title. There is some discussion at this time that he was degraded to the rank of Earl, but there's no mention of the degradation, just the lack of funds for a duke. In 1463, there's the evidence I mentioned earlier of Edward IV confirming his ducal title. And we know that he didn't have the resources normally attributed to a duke in letters where he refused to come to court because he couldn't afford to bring servants or wear the right clothing. This lack of funds is persistent throughout the reign of Edward IV and even with his wife's annuity. So it is possible that he did not get all of his father's lands after the entainter, even after Edward IV came to
1: power. Well, the trouble is that with each attaindering, the the land gets sort of parceled out to lots of other people, doesn't it? So it's, it's yes. not easy to get it back again.
0: No, and with Edward being new to the throne, he may he, have known that he already had the loyalty of his brother-in-law hmm. because he was his brother-in-law, so didn't feel compelled to take yeah. back those I lands mean, it's, from other people.
1: Generally, it's quite easy to say, oh, well, okay, you can be Duke. But it's a lot harder to start amassing take all the land to. again, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't seemed to go. He didn't seem to move a lot, really, did he? I mean, he he lost it all then didn't really get much back, has he?
0: No. And something that also I found interesting was I found no mention of his wardship. He was a minor.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask about that, actually, because somebody should have taken him on. Mm -hmm. No, he
0: stayed with his mother. And the only reason a wardship that I could find would not have been awarded was if there was no land or wealth for mm. a
1: warder to yeah. take them in for? Because you pay for the you pay for the ward, don't you? And yes. you're not going to pay for a ward that's not worth it.
0: Yeah, and the crown's not going to take you on as a ward if they can't get anything out of it either. Mm. He stayed with his mother, so it makes me think that he really lost everything mm. and was living just on his mother's dower lands
1: and what she oh, brought to. You got to feel sorry for him. I mean, he's <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> he's um yeah. Later, through his support of the Yorkists, John was given additional authority, and he was made constable of Warlingford Castle that we were speaking of earlier, and the High sure. Steward of Oxford University. He was also admitted to the Order of the Garter, but again, without any record of his achievements. So, could this have been a result of his wife's status as the sister to the king, rather than himself? Mm. Did he really rise, or was it just sort of, we'll give you
1: this I mean, to
0: it- make us look better?
1: I don't know. I mean, you thought with something as unique as the Lord of the Garter, because you haven't got a, a specific number of people that can take it, that you'd keep it for. To, you know, if you really want to pay somebody mm-hmm. for some services rendered or something like that. Which is you? what I you thought. You wouldn't just
0: give it away. But then there's usually acts of valor or mm. items like that that are described during the Order of the Garter, or why they're awarding it to you. Mm. Mm. When Henry VII gained the throne, I found one mention of John de la Pole, 2nd Duke of Suffolk, being part of the Royal Council, but that was not confirmed by a second source. (laughs) It wasn't denied either, but I would be more comfortable counting this into his rise if I had a secondary source saying he actually was on the council. Mm. I did find it interesting that in there is a 1970s miniseries called the shadow of the tower
1: oh yes i watched a bit of that yeah and he is i'm not very on... good at watching things and i started to watch it and i thought, oh yeah i'll watch the next one but i haven't got around to it yet
0: well he's on the council in that miniseries ah. i don't know if they found more sources or they just went off that one source and thought oh that's mm. great we'll put him in but i've got that we might want to consider it the only real item of note for John's ability to keep his head above water is that when his son rebelled against Henry VII, John was not, nor did he lose, any wealth of lands. So he wasn't tainted, didn't lose anything.
1: And he... Mm. He must have gone to the king and said, It's nothing to do with me. It's all my son. I don't, yeah, it's, I, don't I don't. Yeah. He's, you, know what, you know what he's like? Yeah, how kind? I've got no control over him. <laughs> he <laughs> even managed to keep the lands that he
0: had granted to his son. They were reverted back to him instead of taken to the crown. Those lands, by all rights, hmm. should have been reverted Well, maybe to it's
1: crown. similar. To when um, Margaret Beaufort lost her lands, they were given to her hu- money and things. It was given to her husband, wasn't it? Yeah, again,
0: it? but the so, entire note yeah. of that was the fact that Richard desperately needed his support. Yeah. John doesn't seem like he'd be a good supporter of anything. Mm. At least I didn't find it that way. No. I did find the fact that he was able to get, keep his land and not be attainted huge. If you think about Henry with all of his bonds and how suspicious he was, and wow. yet John II Duke of Suffolk managed to retain that
1: trust. I and mean, especially when you're talking about the pretenders. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a huge thing for Henry VII, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, if there was any taint that he might be siding with them, this would be a huge yep. thing.
0: But there was no bond mm-hmm. ever put against John.
1: He must have gone straight to court and, and said, look, Henry, he's nothing to do with me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: He must have. Mm. But that's all I've got for Rise and Fall. After that, he, he, doesn't, he disappears. He,
1: I mean, he falls quite heavily while his dad does. He doesn't rise a lot afterwards, though, does he?
0: No, and did he do that? Mm. Or did the people around him do that the only time you can see that it might have been him would be during henry the seventh because his mom has passed away
1: by now right his but wife has his... also passed away all oh, right i was going to say it's the women in his life that seem to to uh, sort him mm-hmm. out but oh. he didn't marry again then no oh. didn't find a second wife um i don't think i can give him a hell of a lot because i mean i'm being on the council i suppose that that is a that is a big thing isn't it if he was yeah but yes if he was I think I have to go down that down the middle really and given the benefit of the doubt that he might have done all right for himself. Okay. 5. You're going to go with a 5? I think so. 5 is the sort of number you give when you're just not quite sure really, isn't it, that you don't I mean he's Yeah, and he
0: hasn't truly gone up and he hasn't truly gone down. Yeah. I I think a 5 is is pretty accurate. I actually want to give him a six myself, just because he managed to retain his position through all of those reigns. Mm. And in the end, he must have had some sort of favor that was more than what he had prior because of his being put into Parliament and checking all of their loyalty. It's not a huge jump. That's true. But it's a little bit of a
1: jump. So I'm going to go with a six. Yeah, and especially since he now isn't related to the king, mm-hmm. whereas before he was. So he hasn't even got he's that. He's related to, fo- to the king's wife, though. He'd be her uncle. Oh yeah, yeah. And the king's wife was probably quite an important player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll stick with five. I think. I think eleven is a, a fair score really for him, isn't it? I think so too.
2: <laughs> More oh,
1: John.
0: I can't give you a single instance where John would be considered a martyr or even had considered standing up for his own principles. No. He didn't stay true to his father's memory and stay loyal to Henry VI. He switched to serve the Yorkists. His mother appears to be the driving force of all of his decisions when he was taking a stand on one Mm -hmm. side or the other. In 1460, he was unwilling to pick a side in the War of Roses,
1: wouldn't join the battle. Mind you, that does sound quite sensible, doesn't it? I mean, the way it, it backwards <laughs> and forwards. Yeah, it <laughs> does. I think I'd like to think that's what I'd have done. It mm-hmm. does seem, yeah, you could so easily find yourself stranded on the wrong side, couldn't you? Yes. And plenty of people did.
0: We can only guess if or how he did pledge his support to the Yorkus. I mean, did he do it or did his mother do it? In fourteen sixty one he may or may not have fought for the Yorkists, the Battle of St. Albans. I didn't put that in earlier because we don't know. Mm. One person says yes, everybody else said no. So again, I have no idea. And that's not a ringing endorsement for martyrdom.
1: <laughs> no, no. People say, Oh, I don't I don't know whether he there or not. <laughs> well, yes. He's a martyr. <laughs> yes, he might have he might have been there. I wasn't looking for him yeah no <laughs> no it's oh my gosh how unnoticeable do you have to be that they don't know if you're <laughs> i am feeling he's quite a sort of gray yes that people would say um oh just oh, was john was john here oh I didn't notice him he must have yeah he must be standing in a corner yeah he dresses exactly like the stone walls <laughs> yes after henry the
0: sixth readaption the duke transferred his allegiance to the new slash old government and even managed to retain his offices Mm. And then when Edward took it back, he just immediately went back to Edward. Like, there was no pause. When Richard took the throne off his nephew, John played a part in his coronation. Mm. When Richard died at the Battle of Bosworth, John again switched his allegiance, served the
1: Tudors until his death. I, I hate to, I it's mean, not good for martyrdom, but he just seems a very sensible man. He does. It just doesn't yeah. work
0: very well for him in this
1: podcast. No. <laughs> So why have we not got a, a, a category on how sensible people Were
0: we might we should we should we'll do that on a well, side note i don't somewhere. know i'm just thinking he'd
1: be the only one in it wouldn't he Cause everybody else completely <laughs> <So mad. far. laughs>
0: even when his son rose against henry the seventh john retained his loyalty in the king yeah. and totally just my son's forsaken goodbye
1: yeah i have no son
0: I thought maybe that it could have been a calculated action to save his other children. I mean, he did have 11 well, children, then
1: nine are still yes. alive at this time. That, that's true, because I know during the Civil War, sometimes they'd quite calculatingly choose one brother to be on one side and one brother to be on the other, oh, so that whichever way, they wouldn't lose everything.
0: I can, yeah. So,
1: But I can't yeah. imagine the younger John de la Pole saying, look, I'll go on this side, you go on that side no
0: and she <laughs> felt later... the younger one
1: was actually very very committed to his cause whereas... yes
0: yeah we will learn later that some of the other children were very willing to go against henry the seventh mm. the only time that john seems to have pressed his luck with whichever ruling monarch was in his disregard of henry the Seventh's order not to use personal
1: liveries personal liveries what
0: Personal liveries were uniforms given to a lord's servants, retainers, and men-at-arms. These uniforms would be in the lord's colors, would sport their personal badge, and or coat of arms. So Henry specifically banned them in regards to lords giving them to men-at-arms. That was his Mm. concern, because liveries were then presented on an oath of loyalty to that lord. So Henry saw men-at-arms in private liveries with private oaths as private armies. Mm. And considering the Wars of the Roses, you can see that he wouldn't want everyone to have a private army. Oh, yes. Or any man swearing loyalty to anyone but himself. But John did not follow that. He continued to use personal liveries.
1: How could he afford them?
0: I don't know. It sounds expensive to
1: to kit your entire... Well, I suppose if he hasn't got many servants, he might as well... (laughs) The two that he's got, he puts them in matching clothes. I don't know.
0: That was the other thing I was thinking when I was reading this. I was like, okay... Is it because that, or was it because as a lord, you were required to give them clothing? That was part of their
1: fee for being with you.
0: Oh, right. Was he had a, he had, had
1: a stack <laughs> of them in the back room that you thought, yeah, have another load of this.
0: Yeah, with the personal liveries. And I can't afford to buy them yet more clothing because you don't like it. So I'm just going to keep using these if you don't mind yes, till they wear out.
1: Yes, yes, I bought a job lot. <laughs> <See>? <laughs>
0: That's what I thought might have been happening here. I think it must have
1: been completely humiliating for him. He's, if he's, yeah. You've got the, you've got the title, and you just can't afford to run it at all. It must have been immensely embarrassing for him, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. No.
0: I mean, there are examples of other people of one rank because they could not afford to maintain that rank, they were demoted to a lower rank that they could no, really? afford. He didn't have that happen to him, so we might want to say that that (laughs) was part of...
1: Would that be um, them asking if they could go to a lower rank that they could afford, or that the monarch would say, no, this is ridiculous, you're bringing that rank into disrepute, I'm going to demote you?
0: It seems to be other people trying to take them down and getting the monarch to agree. At least the three that I read of, I know there are others, but those three was another duke saying, look, this person mm. can't do what he's supposed to do as a duke. Either demote him or, yeah. well, basically, please demote him. And the monarch agreed but he was kept as a duke.
1: Mm. Despite the fact he wasn't, you'd assume that people would want dukes to find troops for the king. hmm. And if he's not doing that, what use is he?
0: I think the only reason he kept it was because of his marriage to
1: Elizabeth. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that was a good marriage, wasn't it, really? Mm-hmm. His mum knew best. Yes. Yes, they always do. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think for martyrdom? Well, there's nothing, is there? I mean, he's com- he's an anti-martyr, completely yeah, the opposite. Yeah, I really he wanted just... to give him a negative number. He gave up his son. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's... That's, I'm zero. I'm afraid. <laughs> do you remember at the beginning when we were when we were thinking about how we were going to do these schools and we were worried that because we we were choosing the people that we were choosing interesting people who yes. would automatically win Q, Q Delicious. And we were thinking, I actually they were... was thinking about talking to you about this. Like, this just totally wiped out our concern. <laughs> yes. We haven't given it to Jasper. This, I have to say, this this, this gentleman is not going in the right direction. Not, not so far. <laughs> yes. And he's got to be a very, very pretty boy to, to scoop it back up in front of flaunt. Um, yep. So, yes, I don't think we need to worry about that problem anymore.
0: <laughs> I agree. There is no issue with us being biased. I thought because we had picked everybody, we we're going to be like, this person has to get it because we picked them. And yeah. No, I was actually really excited to do this gentleman because I had read up on William de la Pole at one point, his father. And he mm. was such a courageous and scheming politician that I just assumed his son would be the same.
1: Ah uh, no, it's Mr Beat, isn't it, really, isn't it? Oh it's yeah. Grandfather and son. Yeah. But not, not, not daddy. Not dad.
2: <laughs> BT.
1: Okay. <laughs> I can give you
0: absolutely nothing. He had nine children that survived childhood, but they didn't all survive him. <laughs> mm. I see no evidence of him supporting any other institution other than Oxford University. And even then, I've got no accounts of endowments. So he's just uh, a
1: what was he, steward, wasn't he? Was it steward? Yeah, yeah, he
0: was created steward for the university, but that doesn't seem to have been on his initiative. Mm-hmm. There are books and papers dedicated to his father, William de Pole, and his son, the Earl of Lincoln, but only one teeny tiny paper on him. Mm. And I had to research multiple sources, and I mean a lot of sources. With Margaret, I had my pick of four books, and I tried to pick two books that were very opposite in what their opinions were. Mm. And then there were tons of other things on websites, especially at the universities that she endowed. This guy, I got nothing, (laughs) absolutely nothing. I mean, he couldn't even maintain his household or servants to match his station, mm. so possibly the reason we don't have anything for posterity is because he didn't have the money for endowment? Yeah. Uh,
1: well, that stands to reason, really, doesn't it? I mean, if he, can't, he can't, couldn't really afford to keep himself yeah. in the manner to which he was meant to become accustomed. Mm-hmm.
0: So all no, he it... did was leave a legacy of children that were related to royalty, mm. but not through him, through his wife. Wow. Well, I don't
1: think I can give him anything. <laughs> I'm beginning to feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like are we being harsh? I'm, yeah, I mean we might be misunderstanding everything he's done, and everything has been for the best of all possible motives. And this it's podcast not coming is coming across that way.
0: Yeah, and the way we did set this up, you really have to be an influential player in some mm. way, and he just yeah he didn't manage that
1: or be very martyred, you know. Just... <laughs> something really unpleasant done to you (laughs) well there are plenty yes when we get to uh, Mary and oh yes we'll find some very martyred people but uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah no John de Lepold is not one of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. I presume he died peacefully in his bed we don't even know that Uh, sorry sorry John you're going with a zero then (laughs) I think I've got to He's not someone you know because I got you no. muddled up with the other one, so yes, he's not the he's, he's not the one he's not the John de la Pole we remember.
0: <laughs> I am actually going to give him a one. Ooh. And the reason I want to give him a one is because of the future sorry de la poles him. that he's going to leave that become a thorn in Henry the side. And Mary's side.
1: Yes. And Elizabeth's side. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Now, yes. Now you put it like that. I might go for one because there's a lot of Duller Poles and... I know the listeners
0: may not know it, but in the future, they remain quite a source
1: of, what do you want to call it? Trauma to the kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, I think you've got a point. I will go for one. and He's got a point. I will go for one point.
0: So that's a two for posterity. Oh. So, so far, all he's got is 13. 13? That many? 11 <laughs> for
1: anti-peristasis. Oh, uh, right. Yes, of course. Yes.
2: Floor a bleeding flaw.
1: Okay, he better be damn good looking to get it all back. i share <laughs> my screen with you. Okay. We do not have
0: a portrait. Right. What we do have is what is considered a very good likeness in his tombstone effigy.
1: Right, okay. Um, well he's a stone man, isn't he? Really, I mean. He is. <laughs> he's It is considered
0: a good likeness. Where is that?
1: Um, I don't remember. Okay.
0: I can't believe it. I completely missed where.
1: <laughs> so we can't go visit where him. They are
0: buried. But it still exists. Um, obviously because we have a portrait. Yeah, <laughs> We've got a photo. <laughs>
2: got <so>. an
1: actual <laughs> photograph. Uh I don't know, I mean, you see them in big church don't you I mean he's he reminds me of somebody and I can't think who he's just a man on a tomb really isn't he yes and that's Elizabeth I mean, presumably the, the lady the lady next to him
0: and I did find that interesting if you look at Elizabeth Elizabeth is an idealized face whereas his was made off of a death mask oh, that's why right. he looks more realistic quite than she does. yeah but she passed away far before
1: him. So she was quite young.
0: Yeah. So it might have just been the technique at the time. I don't remember who who was the earliest that got the death mask done. I have no idea.
1: I don't know. I was looking at death masks in uh, at the um, which was it? The British Museum? No, it wasn't. No, I know what it was. It was uh, Westminster Abbey. That's it. I was looking at the death masks there because they've got Henry the 7th. And I oh, would a few I'd love to see that. Henry place. the 7th is very striking he's got a very interesting face um i mean yeah. he's like it's you're not getting much off him really are you i mean he's quite a big chunky no. bloke next to his wife but then
0: and i found it hilarious that they put him in armour
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah he's trying it on there isn't he i'm going to go for i mean it's a nice thing somebody mm-hmm. has put a lot of effort into Carving it, <laughs> uh, three, three, okay, three, I think. I think I'm going to match you on that because it yeah. it
0: did. There was quite a bit of expense put in on that.
1: Yeah, so they managed to pay for things after he was dead. But maybe the kids all clubbed together to get it done. Well, apart from <laughs> apart from one of them, obviously. I'm not sure because most
0: of the tutors that were wealthy started their tombs very young because they never knew when they were going to die. Mm. so we don't know if it was his except it's an older face so maybe he just yeah put money aside for it i don't know or perhaps
1: they he got all the rest of it done and then they said stick the face on when i've gone
0: so for flan to flaunt, we divide that by two we add it together and divide by two so we're at
1: 2.5 so what's his grand total so i feel a bit much taller a grand total what's his total <laughs> yeah,
0: he doesn't really have a grand total <laughs>
1: Uh, fifteen point five. Right. Well, that makes me feel a bit better about what we gave Jasper. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was feeling a bit bad about that. Well, should we ask? Yeah, the gentleman would better ask the question. Yep.
2: Are they too delicious or what?
1: Uh, I go- oh dear, it's a hard one. This isn't it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do I say no, or do I say not bloody likely? (laughs) I'm going with a no. Sorry, sorry, John to the poll, but I'm going with a no. I don't think there's enough...
0: To be honest, researching this episode was a little on the frustrating side. (laughs) His father and son are so well documented. It was kind of like researching Henry VII, where you'd type in his name and it would say, no, do you mean this person?
1: Yes, yes. Oh, God, we got that enough. Yes.
0: I mean, others, there are letters where they wrote that you have, that are available. You get a sense of their personality. But according to my husband, when I was talking to him about this, my husband would like to say maybe he was just a (laughs) head. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm gonna go with a no as well on that note. <laughs> no he was a d- <laughs> so no I'm sorry John de la Pole oh. second Duke of Suffolk you do not get the Tudorlicious <laughs>
1: oh well I don't think you deserve it, so... I don't think he would care. (laughs) He'd be very surprised if he did, wouldn't he? If Oh, at last, I think I've got something. He might have turned and looked at us and go, what? Why? Are you sure? You're muddling me up with somebody else, surely. Yeah, or maybe he got his bronze swimming uh, medal, I don't know. But but this is probably... uh, yeah, he wasn't expecting this.
0: What I'm going to be interested in seeing by the end of our all of our episodes
1: is if he is the shortest. Um, I don't know cuz people might suggest
0: others that we I mean, we've, can't we've, get we've we've chosen we've
1: mainly chosen people that we thought we could get an, enough information about but other people like yeah people really mean and choose things for us to do (laughs) (laughs) really hard work like this one was
0: (laughs) yep but I think this was important because it does set up a lot of other people in the future I I thought it was going to be more interesting but we've got some really interesting characters coming down the line that all require you to know that this person existed
1: and also he was interesting in a different way because lots so. of, we will we will be finding about lots of people who go against the flow. Very
2: and, so, Yeah.
1: But most people were like him. Most people thought, oh, "Well, I'm I'm not going to put my neck on the block literally, because next time there will be a different king, mm-hmm. and then I will have may have messed up." So, um, no, I should imagine most people were like John de la Pole senior.
0: Probably. And so it's yeah,
1: it's worth doing because we probably cover quite a chunk of the population with him. I agree. Mm. But he's not too delicious. No, he's not too delicious. (laughs) Not even close. So, do you want to know who you're doing next? Yes, please. (laughs) I am (laughs) (laughs) excited for this today. Can't be as dull as this one was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can can hear the... uh, the I spend most of my time going, please, give me something. (laughs) (laughs) Do something, for God's sake. (laughs) Okay, so who do I have, uh, who do I have? Having a rummage in the Tudor peanut butter tub. You have... Oh, this is a nice one. We've got Arthur, Prince of Wales. Oh my goodness!
0: Actually, I'm so excited about that. We get to cover the wedding. Oh yeah. I want to talk about that wedding. Oh, okay. That and also it, pus-
1: it pushes us on along his along Henry's reign a bit more because we're sort of teetering around in the uh, on the nursery yeah, slopes prior, at the moment. Aren't we? Prior
0: and at the beginning. Yes. So we're now
1: in the middle. Yes, but it's, yeah, shunts us along a little bit. No, that's, that'd be good. Jolly good. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: Okay. So that's the end of our episode on, I've forgotten who he John de la Pole. <laughs> John de la Pole, the second Duke of Suffolk. The second Duke of <laughs> Suffolk. We hope you've enjoyed it and we will join us for the next episode on Edward Plantagenet, the 17th Earl of Warwick. A poor child. Oh, dear. It's, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's very interesting, though. Mm-hmm. far more interesting than I was expecting. A lot okay. of twists and turns, yes. So thank you for listening. You can find
0: details of the podcast and contact us on...
2: Truderiferous.wordpress.com Email Truderiferous at G
1: In the meantime,
0: heaven send thee good fortune.
1: Adieu. I love not the humour of bread and cheese, and there's a humour of it. Adieu. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
2: sensible at each decision. Good job.